morning. How are we doing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what your expectations were this morning before church, but I can tell you, I, I had kind of some, some decent hopes for church this morning. I hope that I turn up with that. Uh, I don't know about you, but Holy Spirit's given me more faith right now. And when we lift up our eyes to Jesus, who knows those things that seemed impossible, suddenly we get a picture of who God is, of who our Creator is. And some of those things that seemed impossible before, my faith is lifted. I don't know where you're sitting right now, but where are your expectations as to what God might do among us this morning? Anyone? Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Susie. <laughs> Thanks, Susie, for leading us in, in worship this morning. All right, Chelsea said strap in. I don't know, did you say those words? It felt like it was those words. Anyone excited? You with me this morning? Just when we we were about to start at about, I don't know, 25 past 10, (laughs) I saw this door just fly open and there was like, there was like nothing there. Did, who saw that? There was Jacob. We saw it. The door, it was just the wind, but it made me think, oh, we should get excited about Pentecost Sunday. I saw a little bit of wind. Who knows? I smelt gas before, so we could have fire in the room. I'm not sure. Uh, hope not. Uh, I don't know if you could tell or not, but I'm actually, I like to think of myself as a handyman. Do, do I come across as a, a handyman? Like... I look like a handyman, yeah. That's the biggest compliment I've got in a long time. I thought everyone would laugh. At, I thought it was a joke, you know, but, but I'm not your, here, listen to me, I'm not your traditional, I'm not your traditional handyman. I'm not a, I'm not a Dan Hale. He's a, look at him. He's such a tradie handyman. I, I'm like, I like to think of myself as an alternative handyman. And I coined this phrase this week. I think I'm a jazz handyman, all right? Do you, hear with me for a second. You like, like I improvise a lot when, when I'm trying to, you know, fix something. Uh, like jazz, not everyone likes what I do as a handyman, you know? No one gets that. No one likes jazz, okay. Uh, and it looks like I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm a problem solver and I get there in the end. I figure it out with what I have. Now, over the years, I've been building a bit of a tool collection. You know, collection of different tools as a different job comes up. I realise I can't do that unless I buy a tool, right? And I think I may have mentioned a little bit ago because it's, you know, it obviously sits a big part of my brain. I've started collecting Ryobi power tools, all right? I've got like, you know, when you get on an ecosystem with the batteries, you got to all have the same one. And and I started collecting, you know, I started with a leaf blower. Can I tell you how much fun I've had with a leaf blower? It's just, there were times where I'd be out in the yard. There's no leaves, like we just have... But I've got the leaf blower, it's pretty fun. And then, you know, like I got a, I got a line trimmer, like a whippersnipper, and then that built up and you get your drills and you get... Anyway, the only good thing about Mark and Ange moving was that I inherited a heap of like Ryobi power. I now have a chainsaw and some head... Tri- I used the chainsaw like once in the backyard, I was just seeing, and then realised you're supposed to put like oil in it. And when I did that, I put too much oil and the chainsaw flicked and it ruined a pair of shorts and learn a lesson. 
and I haven't used it since, but if anyone needs some trees cut down, I'll give it a go. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, like I've picked up different tools like to get jobs done around the house or around church. Like there's some things around church that I've just learned how to do because you, you need to learn. But you, there's a saying and it's a tradesman, you know, a bad tradesman blames his tools. Has anyone heard that? You know, like we say that if someone's complaining, bad tradesman blames his tool. Now, I have an issue with that saying though, right? And the issue is this. Uh, the reality is you need the right tools for the job. Has anyone tried to do the job without the right tools? It's, it's really hard. It's like a job that should take maybe 10, 15 minutes ends up taking a whole day if you don't have the right tools. Now, like I said, I'm a jazz tradesman and I've tried to improvise a lot with the wrong tools. It usually ends in tears and frustration and a job that takes way, way longer than it should. It's frustrating. Well, today, knowing that, Hold that in your brains, just to the side. Today is Pentecost Sunday, Chelsea. Let us know, remind us. Pentecost Sunday. Uh, and I want to look at a bit of context as to what maybe Pentecost Sunday is. We've, we've taken on a meaning and, and maybe for some of us, when we think Pentecost, we think Pentecostal, we think Pentecostal churches. But, but there was a, the word Pentecost meant something before we took it on as Pentecost Sunday. So you're with me for the moment, Yeah. Good. I'm so glad. Uh, Pentecost was a harvest festival. Uh, it was 50 days after Passover. Pente means five, yeah. So it's like 50 days after uh, the Passover festival. Passover was the celebration and the remembering of, of God, like, uh, like rescuing Israel from the Egyptians uh, and, and they're kind of heading out. And then we have Pentecost, which is 50 days later, which was actually a harvest festival. It was the Jews bringing their first kind of fruits, the first bit of their harvest back to God to thank God for, for what He had provided and praying that He would provide more along the way. Yeah. It also marks as well the moment where Moses comes down from Mount Sinai as well, which is a it's an important part of our understanding of what Pentecost is. All right, we're going to have a look at Acts 2 together. Uh, the, word, the Scripture will be on the screen, but if you want to get out your phone or Bible, you might have some things you might want to mark or remember. All right, Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, they were, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya and around 
Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, they are just drunk, that's all. Can we pray and then look at this together? Let's pray. God, You are great and good. We've sung this morning about Your greatness. God, You're a God who restores and redeems. God, we thank You on this day. We thank You for the gift of Your Holy Spirit. We just pray this morning as we look at Your Word, the truth, that it would come alive to us again. God, we pray that You might empower us this morning. God, we want to be like You, Jesus. Transform us, uh, mould us into Your image, we pray together this morning. Amen. Amen. Anyone else love, and I know we look at it probably every year, hopefully more than once a year, but anyone love how lit this story actually is? Like <laughs> the believers are gathered and it gets crazy, right? I, I, I once spent a whole night, we were up in the hills, young adults, there was a night in the hills, there was maybe a couple here. A windstorm was happening outside. And I couldn't sleep all night because of the sound of the wind. I was sure a massive gum tree would drop on us overnight. It sounded like a train, actually. Like imagine right now, maybe, maybe more like an intimate prayer meeting before, maybe, imagine before church, our prayer meeting, suddenly wind started, like that kind of loud noise. Imagine then looking at someone else in the prayer meeting and there's like fire just resting on top. That's lit. Like that would be anyone else that's lit, yeah. Just human candles. Like, oh, no. <laughs> All right, let's move away from that. Um, I don't know about you, but it sounds like a pretty great prayer meeting. Like, it sounds amazing. And then the believers start speaking in unknown languages. Unknown languages that suddenly people across the city have come to hear this, this, they've heard this noise. They've come to see what's going on and they hear this good news in their own language. I just want to, um, I want to have a look right now at a couple of verses that precede Pentecost. So we know what we're, we're dealing with. Uh, and it's a bit of a callback from last week. Who was here last week? Give me just a little wave if you were here last week. Now, if you weren't here last week, we have SoundCloud, Spotify. We got like, listen to the preach last week. Not because I'm any good, but it'll save me about 20 minutes right now. If you just listen to last week, give you a bit of context. Um, but we're going to have a look at a passage from Matthew's Gospel. Jesus has been asked by someone, what is the greatest commandment? Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So love God and love your neighbour. Now, again, to save everyone a bit of time, have a listen to last week's preach. Our neighbour 
isn't just the person who lives next to us. It's not the same, the people who look the same as us. It's Jesus broadens that to everyone. And especially our neighbour are those in need, right? Remember the story of the Good Samaritan. Our neighbour, our neighbours are those especially in need. So we got that. Remember that. Love God, love others. Turn to the person next to you, say, love God, love others. Very good. I learned that trick from Reggie Dabbs on Thursday night. Yeah, speak to each other. I'll play the saxophone in a second. All right. So a little bit on from that. So Jesus gets asked, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love God, love others. And a little bit further on, Matthew 28, verse 18 Jesus says this to His disciples. Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus adds a little bit to this, love God, love others. And He gives a commission to us. And that is to go and make disciples. Yeah? Baptising them in the name of the Father, Son, which baptising, immerse them, immerse them in the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. So love God, love your neighbour, Make disciples of all nations. Now that's a pretty good summary right now this morning. It's kind of a condensed version of Jesus' ministry and Jesus' teaching. But who thinks that's a good summary as to what Jesus asks us to do? Love God, love others, make disciples, immersing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So can I suggest this morning, are you still with me? Yeah, you're following, you're tracking, that's good. The job for us as followers of Jesus, the job is the great commandment to love God, love others, and the great commission to make disciples of all. That's the job, right? It's a job we have to do. I want to have a quick look. Now we're just running through a few few Scripture verses and we'll, we'll pull out what it all means together. Uh, John 14. Verse 25, thanks. Nay, oh, Reno. Thank you, Reno. Uh, I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate or the helper as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. A couple of verses on again in John. But in fact, it is best for you. This is Jesus speaking to His disciples. It's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the Advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send Him to you. All right, we're still with it. Jesus is saying, I'm going, but I'm going to send the Advocate. And in fact, it's better for you that I go and the advocate comes, the helper. Advocate, the Greek word is paraclete. It's, it's like someone who's there to represent and help you, to be with you. Cool. 
All right, you're all looking at me like, okay, where, where are we going? All right, a couple more verses. We're looking in Acts now. So, uh, so Jesus again teaching at the start of Acts. Once when He was eating with them, He commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised. As I told you before, John baptised with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. You will be immersed. You will be filled with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. All right, we're set up. For Pentecost, all right? But I want you to think back to some tools. Remember how I rambled on about tools at the start? Ryobi, anybody? Uh, my birthday's in July. That's a, uh, I got heaps of batteries, so I just need more tools. Uh, but I want us to think back about tools. We've been given a job to do as followers of Jesus. We've been given a job to do as the church together. Well, to do that job, I want to suggest that we need the right tool. We need the right tool. And the tool that Jesus has given us, the tool that Jesus has left us with is the helper, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit equips and the Holy Spirit gives us the power that we need to do the job. Can I tell you that that job, to love God, to love others, to make disciples of all nations, can I tell you that job in our natural power is a very hard job. That job is a job that becomes burdensome, doesn't it? Does anyone, anyone know what I'm talking about? That's a, who knows how hard is it to love our neighbour sometimes? Who knows that we need a tool to do that? We need help to do that. We need to be equipped to do that. In our own strength, we try and accomplish this job in the natural. But the tool that we need this morning and tomorrow and the day after, I want to suggest is the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit puts the super in our natural. How, do you like that? The Holy Spirit puts the super in our natural. That's how it works. The things that we try and do, I, I know. I, I, I was having a conversation. Uh, Susie's unwell and she's in bed this morning and she asked me how I was doing on the way to church. And I, I said to Caleb, because I don't know the measurement of energy. And I said, I've got one gram of energy left. You know, like you just have a week and you're like, oh man, I, I don't have much. I know that in my natural, I am limited. I know that I only have this much energy. I know that I only have this much capacity to love. I know that I only have this much capacity to teach and show others who Jesus is. But do you know what the good news is this morning? Is that we have been left a helper who puts the super in our natural. 
who doesn't do it for us, but who does it along the way. As we put in that effort, as we start to try and love our neighbour, uh, Megan preached on it weeks ago. You, you need to listen to that preach. But five seconds at a time, we put in the effort. Can I tell you what happens when we put in those five seconds of the natural? We invite the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, the supernatural happens. Our ability to love increases. Our ability to care for our neighbour increases. Our ability to care for those in need increases. Who thinks that's pretty good news this morning? This is why we celebrate Pentecost every year. Not because it's a once-off, but because it's an everyday experience for us. I wanna tell you three things that I believe the Holy Spirit does for us helps us with, the things that that the Holy Spirit increases in us. And then this morning, we are once again gonna have a chance to, to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us afresh. But the first thing that the Holy Spirit helps us do is love. The first thing the Holy Spirit helps us to do is live out the great commandment, is to love God and love others. I just talked about it. It's hard to love people sometimes. The Holy Spirit helps us love others. We can see it as the, the, the book of Acts goes on. This Pentecost happens and we actually see almost immediately after Pentecost how the disciples start living out that love together in community. They start sharing everything that they have so that no one misses out. We see it increase as the book of Acts goes on that that love spreads. The more people are loved, that they're able to love those who maybe haven't been loved before. We see their love for God increase as the book of Acts goes on, as they realise exactly who Jesus is, as they, as they preach about the goodness of God. We see their love for God increase. Paul goes through hell on earth because of his love for God. Can I tell you, I want to tell you and share again, and I've probably shared it multiple times. My experience of receiving the Holy Spirit in my life, of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, can I tell you that we can't know Jesus without the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus and that we've all, if we can claim that Jesus is Lord, then the Holy Spirit's at work within us. But but I'm talking about something that, that even in our own movement was called the second blessing. This, this idea that the Holy Spirit then comes and fills us and transforms us again. And I had this experience that it was actually at a conference and, you know, whatever the circumstance, I had, can I tell you at that conference, I was about 19, maybe 20, and, and I was young and we were in a dorm with just boys my age and we got given a budget at the start of the week. This has nothing to do with Holy Spirit. We got given a budget for our food that week and we bought heaps of Cocoa Pops and heaps of Coke. And we ran out of all the supplies after day one and we ended up drink, like literally eating Cocoa Pops with Coke for the rest of the week. Uh, 
Yeah, I tell you what, I needed water. That's what I needed. There was signs. Anyway, um, where was I? I oh, and then I experienced the Holy Spirit. So maybe that's how we do it. Maybe that's the key. Coke, Cocoa Pops. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't, just erase that from your memory. The last like minute, just wipe it out. Uh, we're in a session and, and someone was explaining exactly this, that the Holy Spirit is our helper. And I received the Holy Spirit. And it's not so much that God's like only gives it when we ask, it, but it is about our posture. It's about us needing to accept the Holy Spirit. God's a gentleman. We know that, right? He doesn't just kind of come upon us. He, he's waiting for us to accept His invite. And can I tell you, and I, I mean it like so like sincerely and truly, that my perception of reality changed. I, I looked at things differently. I had a tangible experience of the infilling of the Holy Spirit and my world changed. I looked at things, like I said, differently. I, I walked outside of that room and was amazed at creation. Now, it sounds really hippie, but I was like, look at the colour of the like, I love that. I saw people around me and, and instead of being annoyed by them because I'd been with them all week, I, I looked at them differently and I was like, man, I, I genuinely just love these people that I'm with. I remember having encouraging words to say about them. Usually, you know, when you're 19, 20, you're usually ragging on your mates. But I remember being compelled to actually encourage my friends. <laughs> oh, what a novel idea. Encourage my friends to lift them up. Like I had an experience that changed how I saw things and I, I saw them through, I, I can only assume God's eyes that actually was filled with a love that didn't exist before that helped me. It might have existed in a little bit. I definitely was trying, but it brought a super to my natural where I was able to love more fully. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, can I tell you the first fruit is love. The main fruit is love. If we look at all the, you know, we, we talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Do you know what all the fruits of the Spirit lead to? Love, don't they? Love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle. The fruits of the Spirit lead to love. The Holy Spirit, when He fills us, He helps us love. Uh, Samuel Logan Brengel, some of us know Brengel. Sam, immediately his face just twisted. He can't stand the guy, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Bringle is a holiness teacher, a Salvo holiness teacher. And he talks about this experience in a similar way that I, I think I experienced it too. And he, I'll just describe it. He, he, ex, he described his experience as being a full immersion in the love of God. He later wrote of the experience this. I walked out over Boston Common before breakfast. 
weeping for joy and praising God. Oh, how I loved. In that hour I knew Jesus and I loved Him till it seemed my heart would break with love. I was filled with love for all His creatures. I heard the little sparrows chattering. I loved them. I saw a little worm wriggling across my path. I stepped over it. I didn't want to hurt any living thing. I loved the dogs. I loved the horses. I loved the little urchins on the street. I loved the strangers who hurried past me. I loved the heathen. I loved the whole world. What what a beautiful picture of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Sounds like my daughter. Have you ever heard my daughter talk about dogs and horses? Go talk with her later and ask. Anyway. What a beautiful picture of what the Holy Spirit does when He fills us. The second thing, so, so the first thing is Holy Spirit fills us with love, the, the super to our natural. The next thing, and we see it happen almost immediately in the story of Acts, is that the Holy Spirit gives us then a boldness. So Jesus said, the helper's gonna come and the helper's gonna come and help you live out what I've asked you to do. So the Holy Spirit helps us love. So we get to love God and we get to love others. But then we see that the Holy Spirit gives a boldness. A boldness to share the gospel of Jesus, to share the good news. Peter We see Peter straight after has this boldness. He preaches and we see 3,000 added to their number that day. The Holy Spirit gives us supernatural boldness to share the good news of Jesus and to make disciples. We talk about having the right tools. I I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I pay enough attention to this. I'm not sure I pray enough for this, that the Holy Spirit might give me boldness to share my faith, to share the good news of who Jesus is. And I, I wonder sometimes, why do I struggle so much? Can I suggest this morning we need the Holy Spirit's help? I'm, I'm trying to use the wrong tool. I'm trying to do it in my own strength. I'm trying to think of human reasoning and human logic to share the good news of Jesus when what I actually need is the Holy Spirit to help me do it. I need the right tool. How about you this morning? Who needs an extra measure of boldness to share the good news of Jesus? And the third thing, Holy Spirit gives us supernatural love, supernatural boldness. And then the Holy Spirit also pours out gifts to His people, to His church. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit empowers the church. Without it, the church is powerless. The church becomes a social club, doesn't it? Without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God, gives us gifts to use to serve His church. We are incomplete without the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this place, aren't we? I, I believe that in every church, God pours out the gifts needed for that church. He's a good God, isn't He? Yeah. Actually, this is what it all comes down to, is that God is a good God. We sang about it again. He's never going to let us down. If God wasn't a good God, 
He would tell us to do something and then not give us the tools to do it. But who knows that He's given us the tools to do what He's asked us to do. He's a good God. He's kind. He's loving and gracious. But we are incomplete without the gifts. If you want to look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the church, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Have a look through that at the gifts that God gives the church. But this morning, I, I don't want us to just talk about it. I, I want us to spend some time asking Holy Spirit to fill us afresh, to fill us again. And can I suggest this morning, the feeling of the Holy Spirit may not look exactly the same as Pentecost. Who knows? It might, it might get lit in here in a second. <laughs> Jacob's up for that, maybe. Uh, but it could be quiet. It could be loud. Who knows that that doesn't matter? It doesn't matter. In fact, we actually see example after example of how God speaks to people in the Bible, don't we? Sometimes it's in the big moments like a Pentecost. Sometimes it's in the quiet whisper. But this morning we're believing in faith that when we ask the Holy Spirit, He will come and fill us. Do we have that faith this morning to ask? I want the right tool in my hand to do what Jesus has asked us to do as a church. We can keep trying really hard, doing it in our own strength. We can get really frustrated, wondering why everything feels so hard. Or we can ask the Holy Spirit. We can take a faith step. We can ask the helper the Spirit to empower us. Can I tell you, when we look at Pentecost, it's not a history lesson. It's not a remember when this happened, but it's a, this experience is ongoing. Do you know what's actually better for us right now? We don't have to sit here and wait for the Holy Spirit. The, the disciples were waiting together. They were waiting for this promise that Jesus had said will come. We don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit is already at work. We're, most of us have experienced that in our life. But again, I've said it before. I don't know about you, but I leak. Yeah, I leak. I, I need Holy Spirit to equip and fill me again and again. I need to keep coming back and asking, Holy Spirit, help me again. I, I'm trying to do this in the natural. I need I need your super again. Can I, can I pray for all of us? Um, and then I'm going to invite, if you want someone to pray this over you, I, I've, I've asked Sam to come down the front. We, we'd love to pray this over you. We'd love to pray that the Holy Spirit might come and fill you again, fill you afresh, that He might empower you, that He might equip you to do what He's asked us to do, to love God, to love others. To make disciples of all nations. Let's pray. God, You are good and You are kind and You are gracious and You have given us the tools that we need. And we, we thank You, Holy Spirit, that You are here. We thank You that we don't have to wait for You. you you're already here.
You are already working. Holy Spirit, we thank You for what You've birthed and what You've breathed. And we ask that You come do it again and more. Holy Spirit, in these moments, we ask that You fill us again, that You immerse us in Your presence again. That You put the super to our natural right now. May we love more. May we look more like Jesus in how we love. May we absolutely fall in love again with You, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and do that. But God, may You give us a boldness as we leave here to speak of Your good news at every opportunity. Holy Spirit, equip this church, pour out Your gifts. We thank You for those that that You've given gifts to and we ask that You fan them into flame right now, Holy Spirit, that You awaken gifts. Thank You we don't have to do it on our own strength. Come Holy Spirit.